Hey there, Movie Mastery listeners. It is I, John, your host, and we are here with more movies that you've told us to watch. And, uh... And also, Jeff is here. Hey! Um, I, I get to be here. Hooray. Yay! Well, mostly because podcasts with one guy suck. Yeah. Just one guy. That's never a good idea. Look, let me tell you something. In my house... Yeah. Uh, the... I think it's like the History of Rome podcast mm-hmm. has been going on in the background a lot, and it is just one dude. Oh. And it is just like, and then... Caesar went to the legionnaires and told them that they needed to go to and I'm like oh my god this is the worst <laughs> yeah I was just talking to some friends some folks a couple days ago about how um we were driving somewhere my family and a podcast that's not one of my personal podcasts was on I think it was called like stuff you should know or something mm-hmm. and you know the guy the, the hosts were these two dudes you know I don't want to call out podcasts that are two dudes because that's very similar to our thing, but you know they're like very NPR dudes. Ah, uh, yes. And so there's they had like six five minute ad breaks. Woof. Um, and also the whole thing was just like if Sensible Chuckle the meme was a podcast. It was these two guys being like, well, anyway, that's why Romans uh, had baths. Oh, maybe because also they were dirty. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If you'll allow me. Oh, I think I will. <laughs> mm. Yes, just this once. It's <laughs> just like that. It was like I was like, damn. I, is this what polished money podcast, money type podcast varieties sound like? Just, just two dudes with smooth voices, but so many commercials. Yes. Oh, it was, God damn it. Yeah. Anyway, I never want to get to the point where we have commercials, ever. I mean, beyond the little ones that we do. I mean, we had one. We got, we got a pitch recently. So uh, it was Manscaped. Manscaped sent us a thing that was like, "You guys are just the right size and type of audience to do commercials for ball shaving machines." <laughs> Man, what a great backhanded compliment. <laughs> hey, guys, you're just big enough to advertise ball shaving. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I watch all the other shows that where Manscaped, of course, is currently doing the same blitz that, you know, all the mattress companies and so on oh, did yeah. five or six years ago. So you you watch like that that ordinary sausage guy on YouTube and, and, and he's having to do the Manscaped thing now where he's just like, I don't even know how to talk about this. I guess you could shave your privates if you want. You're just like, I feel bad for you. I don't want to do this. I, I almost want to respond and be like, yeah, we'll do it once. <laughs> once. I mean, we do it more than once, but I, I guarantee you after you hear it, we'll do it once. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shave your balls with system mastery. It's a shave along. Won't you join us? <laughs> yeah, this is shave your balls instructions. It's the new kind of porn. <laughs> Hey everyone, we watched uh, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, the fourth Three Ninjas movie. It is? I thought it was the third. Okay. No, there's Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas Kickback, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. Oh, I never heard of Knuckle Up. Okay. Yeah. Knuckle Up, oddly, still made more money than this one. (laughs) This was, uh, not. that's not surprising. Well, this one had star power in it. You got, well, I mean, not the Three Ninjas, but you've got... You know, your Jim Varney's. Yeah, you got Jim Varney, uh, Lonnie Hulk Anderson, Hogan's. Hulk Hogan, and that's it. I think well, the most famous person you get to after that is, is like the guy who was got the voice. Victor Wong. Oh, yeah, Victor Wong, but he's in all of them. Um, but this is 
his last movie. That is not surprising. But then I think one of the three knucklehead uh, mugs that are chasing the kids around is the voice of Crash Bandicoot. Yes, and the other one is uh, <laughs> Camp Counselor Ugg Lee from Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, and I think the th- the final one And is- the other one is fat. Yeah, the fat one, he gets he plays the fat thug in a lot of things. Like I'm pretty sure he was the big clown that got blown up in Batman Returns. Yes. So there you go. All three of them thugs have pedigrees. Oh, yeah. The th- <laughs> it's so weird to be like, here we are. These three nothing chuckleheads are like probably the three non-big celebrities you'd know. I-, I was really hoping, when I checked the IMDb for this, I was really hoping that random flop-haired blonde teen friend of the oldest of the three ninjas would turn out to be super famous because his role in this was so embarrassing oh my god yes i really wanted him to be the one who was like and then he turned that guy turned out to be i don't know one of the duplass brothers or something (laughs) he's one of the property brothers now (laughs) i mean he might be in a storage unit that that, (laughs) i'd give him that he's off here doing storage wars yeah so um so yeah three three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. God the the non spoiler review of this is I'm just gonna say this feels like two movies mm-hmm. that started to overlap in a weird amalgam because it very much feels like a three ninjas movie met a Hulk Hogan movie and both of them would not stop filming at the same time. <laughs> I have two thoughts I'll say as my review, uh, my, my non-spoiler review. One of them is, what is your tolerance for, like, early 90s serial commercials? <laughs> because I think this was directed by someone who only knew how to do that. What? Uh, and the other one is, uh, what is your tolerance for kids saying hi-ya? Oh, because hi-ya is, t- is one word out of every three in this movie. What is your tolerance for ADR'd in hi-yas? It's so many hi-yas. They never say any other com- karate thing even. They just keep going, hi-ya, 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 over and over again. Yep. For for an, uh, an hour and a half. It's so weird that that's what they decided to do. And they're, I mean... There's a lot of ADR in this. Oh, so much. Like, there's a lot of, like, you can tell someone is mouthing some different line, and mm-hmm. then they're like, that was a great job. Well, part of it's just because the three kids clearly are not they're actors kinda, at all. Yeah, it's kind of like when Draco Malfoy, the, that actor, turned out to not really be all that much. You know, by the end of the Harry Potter franchise, every time he shows up, he's like, hello, Potter, I'm an actor, I is. And you're like, oh, man, this guy. <laughs> and then he showed up on the Flash. Yeah, and he was much better. I don't know what happened. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, but but anyway, yeah, the three kids just suck, and it's amazing to me that they have to be recasting these kids because the youngest oh, yeah. one is youngest one's like seven in this. There's no way he was in four other three other movies. No, the the weird thing is the first couple films, uh, I think had the same actors, but it goes. This is like seven years after the first movie came yeah. out but takes place chronologically in the fourth summer that those kids have been there because I think it starts out and Rocky, the oldest, is 12 and he's like, I'm 16 now. Yeah, he's or about, I'm to, about turn to turn 16. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because it, it it makes two mistakes. I mean, I think these movies take place, like, film-wise over the course of, like, 12 years of filming. Uh, but 
in this movie, because that would mean that they would start, uh, this movie feels like it probably came out around 2001, 2002. Oh, it was 98. 98, okay. Because they make this cardinal mistake in this movie of mentioning a much better movie franchise cool. that both dates when this came out and makes you go like, oh, I should just go watch that. Because there's a point where one person says like, hey, this ain't like, or just like your G.I. Joes or Buzz Lightyears. And I was like, oh, shit, this movie's contemporary with Toy Story? I should go watch that. That's a classic. Oh, wow. An actual <laughs> movie. <laughs> Yeah, the original one, I think, came out, uh, Three Ninjas, not Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in 91, or I think 92. Okay. So, so they, it, they came out fairly quick then. Oh, yeah. No, they pumped these out. Yeah. Well, you can tell because the, the uh, this is this might be one of the worst movies I've seen in quite some time. Oh, man. I gotta say, they put so much effort into a movie that's so incredibly bad. Yeah. Because the place where this takes place, uh, Mega Mountain, is an actual amusement park in Colorado called, like, Alachi Springs or something. Okay. Well, I guess that explains they... why they never show the shots of how it's clearly beachfront and the fact that it's a, the, an actual amusement park at the same time. Yes. <laughs> because... <laughs> This is, like, in Colorado, nowhere near a beach. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, eh, the the amount of signage and everything they had to change to be Mega Mountain, they repainted, like, roller coaster fronts to say Mega Mountain. They did so much shit for this. And I'm like, wow, that's way too much effort. Yeah. So anyway, the non-spoiler review, three little kids who have been being trained as being ninjas by their, their grandfather, uh, Victor Wong, um, it, it, they have to save an amusement park from a gang of terrorists hell-bent on holding the amusement park for ransom, and hijinks ensue. Yeah. And it is entirely skippable. There are so many better movies about little kids than this. Oh, yeah. Honestly, just watching this, I was like, God, this premise would be so much better in any other movie. <laughs> like, terrorists hijack an entire amusement park is a great setup for an action film and entirely wasted here. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to play a little music. We're going to come back and we are going to tell you every single reason why this is just the worst when we review Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Hiya! Ninja! Ninja! We're back, and it is high noon. Well, it will be. Wee, 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 woo. <laughs> because op this movie does open with like a prologue of sorts of the three boys training in their 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 grandfather's weird ninja amusement park <laughs> yeah. thing, which, you know, it starts with like, okay, just to make sure you know who these kids are, we're going to prove to you they're ninjas by making them run through one of them ninja obstacle courses you always see in movies about ninjas. Yeah. Um, but it's tuned for each of the three kids' age levels, and the seven-year-old, uh, who, they, it's weird, they all have real names and then special ninja names that they insist on being called. Now, I, it has been a long time since I saw the original three ninjas. Yeah. Have you seen the original? I've never seen any of this before. Okay. I could have sworn. And I think I even went and looked it up and was like, nope, I guess not. But I could have sworn that with their new names, because in the first one they get ninja names, yeah, that they also got some sort of power. Like, I thought for sure that, like, 
oh, Tum Tum's real strong and like Colt's super fast and Rocky's super tough or something. So for the record, the littlest kid is his ninja name is Tum Tum. Because he's always eating. Yeah, except in this movie he isn't. I so mean, it's kind of a <laughs> he starts out with like, oh, I've always got like a something in my hand that I'm eating. I've got like mm-hmm. a candy bar at all times. And they make a nod to it. They're like, oh, hey, Tum Tum, do you want a ham and cheese and oh, turkey? That's right. In the very beginning, there's a roast brief and Swiss and whatever sandwich. And he doesn't want it. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'm not hungry because I'm sad about Dave Dragon, Dave Dragon yeah. getting canceled. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's funny. I'm sure all three of their names have special significance or something. But oh, yeah. Because it's, like, it's like, oh, you're Rocky because you're so yeah. tough, and you're a cult because you run into danger. I just heard two, like, Italian-American boxer names, and then your little brother, Tum Tum, who's like a gummy bear or some shit. Yeah. That's that. That's what. Because it doesn't seem to otherwise make any sense. I just divided them up as boring oldest one who's got a crush on someone, uh, little boy with with huge teeth and a worst ponytail there's ever been. Woof. Uh, Colt. And and then Tum Tum, too young for this. Yeah. I'm like, the original one had Tum Tum, I think, honestly, at the same age that he was in this one. Yeah. Whereas the other two kids are like, we have been allowed to age four years in the continuity of these films. Yeah. Tum Tum is forever seven. Yeah. And it's it does not function. He doesn't look like he makes any sense in these situations. And notably, when we're doing the introduction, as Victor Wong makes them run through his magical ninja maze, uh, Tum Tum's responsibility, the other two are like climbing super ladders and dodging like 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 uh, falling swords and, <laughs> and plungers and crap. Tum Tum has to run through one of those gauntlets of spinning ninja sticks. You know, you see those all the time in like Naruto. So the thing is, it, because he's seven, there isn't any stunt actor that can make him do his thing instead. So his job is to run a straight line between rows of rotating ninja sticks that do not intersect. Yes. As long as he runs in a straight line, he will pass the test. Yeah, there is. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this movie when it comes to Tum Tum. Yeah. Because anytime he gets into a fight, they're like, this kid can't fight. So we're just going to have, like, show someone's face, and then a, a little kid mannequin foot from off screen is going to hit them in the face yeah. while we ADR in, hiya! Yeah. Uh, Tum Tum's entire fighting style is primarily just comedy beats. It's just like, you know, run between their legs and then nut shot them from the back. Which he will do at least a half dozen times. Get him caught in the ladder and then kick him in the butt. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, And also yell hi-ya constantly. (laughs) Well, that's all of them. Because that's part of their training. Yeah, never not yelling hi-ya. But the big point of the run through the ninja thing is, at this point, we've had, you know, three movies in this franchise to establish that, yes, indeed, these kids are badasses. Yes. And so this one is like, oh, we're going to make you go through this whole ninja obstacle course and then when you get to the end and you're like yeah we're great we're super awesome he's like all right now i'm gonna turn the lights off and you got to do this blind and backwards you got to go back yeah go back the way you came blind yeah and they suck know, they can't do it even a little bit yeah they and get they hit by a bunch of stuff and the funny thing, the thing about this this whole thing is that the, the father's been teaching them ninja skills for years so that they'll become grandfather grandfather so that they'll become competent warriors or whatever but they are a bumbling bunch of idiots they don't even try in situations where things get slightly like oh it's dark i'll just run headlong into the nearest wall i won't even hold still and try to collect my bearings or anything i'll just go ah just run into a wall oh yeah no they the second anything is outside their comfort zone they're like whoa 
Yeah, and that happened. I mean, there's a point in this movie where the, where two of them sneak up on a crime in progress, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. They're ninjas. They're trained ninjas. They're just going to observe this or silently start taking out the bad guys. And instead, they go, hey, stop that, and then they run away. <laughs> and I was like. So when they use ninja, they use it very loosely. It's, in the well, yeah. 90s, ninja pretty much just went anyone wearing a gi and saying hi-ya. I mean, it's basically you've learned ninjutsu fighting style and nothing else. Yeah, I think they've learned white belt karate fighting style well, and nothing yes. else. There's, no, there's nothing ninjutsu about this. <laughs> I don't think most ninja guys, actual ninja guys, say hi-ya. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> because it's a Three Ninjas movie, the terrorists that take over Mega Mountain are also ninjas. Yeah, a lot of them are ninjas, and several of them are goofballs. Anyone who isn't basically a main character, like unless you are Jim Varney or... The Three Nephews. The Three Nephews or whatever, yeah. you're a ninja. Yeah, they're all ninjas. Yeah, you're right. if they don't have lines, they're ninjas. If they do have lines... They're either a complete idiot, they're Jim Varney, or they're like that hacker guy. They're, they're the guy they're who's hacker. trying, God bless him, <laughs> to do a Jamaican accent. Don't God bless him for that. <laughs> That's not something you God bless him for. Bless his heart. You shame him for this. Shame. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so... After they, they establish that the kids are way worse in the dark, we get a whole scene where the the grandfather takes them back to their big-ass suburban 90s mansion. Well, I mean, I was going to say the point of the whole darkness thing was, hey, don't get a big head just because you are badass normally. Like, if a ninja thinks he's too cool, then he gets fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I would like to say that's the point of that, but I feel like the actual point of that is that the big climax of the movie will be in the dark, well, yes. so we can do a callback to this. Obviously. Duh. <laughs> that's all. And I feel like that's as far as they actually thought. Well, I don't think I mean, get a big head wasn't really part of it. The second you go, ah, now your training must include being in the dark, you're like, yeah. well, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, of course. So I, the idea that it's like, hey, you guys shouldn't get big heads about this, I don't even feel like the movie makers considered that. I think they were like, we'll have them do a scene in the dark now so that they, they do it at the, again at the end, and that way it's like a circle. It rhymes. <laughs> you see, they've grown as ninjas <laughs> and as friends. <laughs> uh, after the, Yeah, so they get taken back to their house, um, and as the kids run in, they have a quick conversation. Uh, the oldest boy is like, look, I'm kind of not thinking I'm going to do ninja camp next year. <laughs> I don't want to I, I want to get a part-time ninja. job and, like, get a car and, you know, be a teenager because I'm, like, a teenager now. Yeah, I've spent the last four summers at my grandparents, like, learning how to be a ninja. Yeah. But I do kind of want to get down and nasty, I so I yeah. want to date my girlfriend a bit. I kind of want to touch a boob without having to sneak up on it from cover of night. <laughs> I want to touch a boob without it accidentally being an explosion and a lesson I need to learn. <laughs> Turns into a log. Every boob I've tried to touch so long so far has exploded in smoke and then been a log. It's always a lesson. I'm starting to get hard when I see logs. <laughs> this isn't working, Grandpa. Damn it, Grandpa. <laughs> Every, every time <laughs> I went to go chop wood and got wood. Okay. <laughs> That's how bad this is. And then, uh, the, you know, the grandpa has sensed that the oldest two Colt and Rocky are starting to drift away. Well, he overhears them yeah. talking like, yeah, we want to go be regular teen cool kids instead. So he has this weirdly manipulative conversation with the youngest where he's like, Tom, Tom, you are now the most important of the ninjas. <laughs> you are you so good. You can never good. leave me. <laughs> 
Oh my God. And poor Victor Wong in this is so very close to death. I'm like, oh, don't drag this guy out for this. It's like he can barely open his eyes. He just looks so tired. He looks, yeah, he's kind of got that Bella Lugosi and Plan 9 vibe going on. It's uh, it's rough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, Tum Tum, you're the only one who truly knows what loyalty is. You're the true ninja. Here, have a pocket watch, and it's a picture of the four of us together. That way we'll always be together. This lesson won't matter, though. This is this part's not really a lesson the movie has time for. We needed a little more room for Hulk Hogan's stuff. Yeah, because this is just two movies yeah. that filmed simultaneously. They, they only very rarely interact with each other. Yeah, like, we get a little bit when they get home that Dave Dragon is now, you know, has never been a thing for these movies before. Yeah. But now he is their idol, and it's a show that has been on for, like, I don't know, 12 years yeah, or something, 20 like years. Vaguely Power Rangers, but they clearly didn't have enough money to throw at this. So really, it's more like just a filmed like stage show where, you know, him and five people dressed up as monocolored ninjas uh, come out and just beat up random thugs. There's no plot to it or anything. It's just here come thugs. Get them. Oh, and, no, they're chasing these kids. And, and I I'll say, punch them. This is my absolute favorite part of, of the early bit of this movie is is uh, right as you know, they finish beating up the thugs. He just, uh, Hulk Hogan just lets the veil drop and becomes a regular Dave Dragon actor and is like, well, kids, I'm glad you enjoyed that fight scene against those thugs or whatever. We're never doing another one. You see, the ratings just came in and it turns out that kids don't believe in heroes anymore. Yeah. So we're canceled. No, 100% just switches over to a Hulk Hogan movie where he's like, Kids don't believe in the right thing, but if you can believe in justice and honor and teamwork, then you can follow the way of me, Dave Dragon, a real American hero. Let Dragon Mania run wild. Yeah, it's, but I mean, the thing is, it's weird to me that not only does the, the show not even end, he just... Oh, it's like, still the GI, the it's like the G.I. Joe PSA. As yeah. soon as it ends, it's like... Turn to camera. Hey, we had a lot of fun yeah. here today, kids. I mean, everyone is still on stage with him. There's like thugs behind him and so on. The clear, There's no credits. There's no point where they're like, and that's the end of the show or whatever. He just stops fighting thugs. He turns around. He's like, well, we're canceled. So anyway, kids, it's your fault for not believing in heroes. Goodbye. <laughs> if only you believed harder in me, Dave Dragon. <laughs> Such a weird moment. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I will be doing one last performance uh, of a live stage show at Mega Mountain, like three hours from now today. Uh, this is my way of announcing my, my retirement. Uh, I guess if you live in the California Bay or, or area, you can get out and watch me if you can get a ticket to it for that. But this is the last time I'm doing it. Yeah, I <laughs> I love the kid logic in this. It's great, and we also get another setup for this movie. Someone new's moving in next door, mm-hmm. and it's a girl but she's one of those smart girls yeah we introduced the new family moving in and this is when the show gets its most serial commercially um because uh, they're outside like doing ninja business or whatever and she's even though the family is still like unpacking and moving in she has abandoned that and is flying a radio control helicopter around with a hilarious cartoon video screen interface for how to fly it yep where it like literally most of the interface is taken up by the text helicopter flying yes it's just like i feel like that's a waste of your ui space i mean if the rest of it is going to be an actual 3d model representation of a helicopter in flight i'd be like 
Maybe make that bigger. Yeah, or, or don't, because it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't need to look at a little picture of a helicopter. You are flying a helicopter. <laughs> Maybe it goes so far out of your visual range, you have to use the little view screen. This is like if you were playing World of Warcraft and the bottom two-thirds of the screen was a picture of your keyboard. <laughs> and the top third was raid happening in large text. <laughs> Uh, but she is flying this thing around using her little handheld computer, which will be just a multi-tool for this movie. Yes. It's, what is this? A computer. That means it can do anything. It's a hack computer. It can do whatever. Which is fine, because we established the premise right away that the uh, the way that the amusement park works is, oh, you can control anything in the park with, like, a supercomputer that can do... We'll get to it. It's one of my favorite fucking stupid things about this. Uh, but yeah, she gets knocked down well yeah the the kids are coming over there to see her and then she's not paying attention standing on the sidewalk and a bike is coming at her and they're like hey look out and they push her down to save her to get her out of the way of the bike that just i guess is also not paying attention to the fact that there is some girl who has been standing there for a minute yeah so the helicopter goes out of control into like a weird rotating spin uh, and she's like, oh, gosh. And then she manages to fix it and recover it in flight. But, oh, no, somehow that spin caused it to, like, catch fire because it's smoking now. And it flies off screen and crashes in the ninja's backyard. Uh, in their window. In their window. And uh, they're like, you know, a bunch of moms exchanging, uh, rolling my eyes at our kids type glances. Uh. Uh, kids, am I right? Always flying radio-controlled helicopters and being ninjas. Uh, anyway, hey, do you want to come over to our house for breakfast now just, that you've broken our window? Yeah. And just you, not anyone else in your family, just yeah. you. Your mom? No. No. Even though she's part of this conversation, she's standing there. Also, your dad that you mentioned constantly throughout this movie and we never meet. Yeah, so her whole gimmick is, uh, much like the three boys, they're ninjas because their grandfather is a ninja. She is a tech whiz because her father is a special effects artist for the movies. Yes. And that means... He creates actual for-real gadgets. Yes. Um, In this movie, she's going to have this box of gadgets with her everywhere, even though it's full of bladed weapons. Yeah. She takes it to the amusement park when they go there. She's just, no mention of it. She's just like, yeah, I've got this tackle box with me that's full of knives and throwing knives that are shaped like other things, but are throwing knives. Oh, yeah. It's weird to me that they decide one of the gadgets is a yo-yo that when you go to use it, like... Three curved blades yeah, come it out pops of pops wicked little sharp blades. Yeah, it turns into, like, a nasty little, like, murder machine. Yeah, it's like a, it's a throwing star on a string. Yeah, except it is never used to cut anything. It is literally just used for, oh, the yo-yo part wraps around something and you pull on it. Yeah. For the entire movie, and they use it three times, and every time it is for, throw this and it wraps around something. I'm like, why are there blades? There don't need to be blades here. The blades literally did nothing. <laughs> you could have just done this with a standard yo-yo. No, everything she pulls out of that fucking tr- uh, track tackle box is completely worthless because she has one toy for each of the three kids. She gives the yo-yo that's useless, that's basically a tripping device to Colt, uh, no, to Rocky, Rocky's mm-hmm. oldest. Colt gets a deck of playing cards that are throwing knives uh, that are only ever used as throwing knives in the in the scene where they are demonstrated to be throwing knives and then never used again. One more time. Oh, are they? Okay. He, I right after that scene, when they go fight uh, some guys at one of the rides, he uses it to 
pin the guy's shirt. That's right. You're right. Uh, I was going to the only time I remembered him other than that was him bonking someone on the head with the entire deck. Yes. The other thing I found amusing about them is that they are shaped like throwing stars. They're they're painted like playing cards, but they're not shaped like playing cards. They're shaped like sharpened Z's. <laughs> and then she gives Tum Tum smoke bombs. Uh, little disc smoke bomb things that he will only use in the dark when people are looking at them with infrared goggles. So the one time he ever does anything with them... No, again, uh, sorry, the next vision scene... Goggles. Does he use them to get away again? Yeah, the next scene, they all use each of those things. They get introduced, used once, and then basically Maybe. never again. Yeah, they, well, each one of them gets used again, but not for its intended purpose. Yeah. Because, like I said, uh, at one point... Colt bonks some ki- some guy in the head with the entire deck of cards, yep. but it's not even to knock him unconscious or anything. It's just like to shame him. He's yeah, just like, he's just like, and fuck he you. He's a fucking shitty joke about it. He's like, ah, don't make me come back here and deck you again. Get it? <laughs> deck you? Deck of cards? Get it? And I'm like, why is, is this the old, uh, is his usual gimmick that he stands around explaining his jokes? Because it's the only time it happens in the movie. Um, and then Jim Varney gets tricked uh, tripped at one point with a yo-yo later in the film. Yeah. But anyway. They each get a, wep- the, a weapon, but at, at the breakfast, she basically is like, yeah, my dad's a big uh, Hollywood sci-fi wizard, and sometimes I get to go with him, and I make my own gadgets, and I'm a computer wizard. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Hey, we're going to an amusement park to see Dave Dragon. Um, mom? And mom's like, you should invite her, because uh, you guys should invite her. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm willing to pay for another child to go to an amusement park with you out of my own cash even though she just broke our window and ate our food yeah well i mean obviously with with uh fa- the father of these three ninjas being some sort of big deal fbi or cia yeah, some, man some fbi director guy yeah so they, they're they're doing fine they're everyone's fine the house they live in is fucking enormous they well, live yeah, in like I mean, the home alone house some big movie guy right yeah. next to some big fbi guy and they're like whatever we're loaded it yeah, doesn't, matter. doesn't matter just come with us to this pointless ass amusement park uh, and indeed they do. They all go to the amusement park to see Dave Dragon, and this is when we first start seeing the signs that things aren't as they used to be among the boys. As, as the oldest boy, Rocky's like, hey guys, I'm going to go off with my teenage friends because there's a girlfriend there that's my girlfriend. And they're like, no, you promised you'd stay with us and watch this stupid stage show. And he's like, you knew I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> you all knew what this was. Look, I'm 15, and there is a girl here who likes me. I need to fuck you. Yeah, and and uh, the girl's a non-entity in this, but believe me, her his two dopey friends that are like, you know, sixth-generation photocopies of Bulk and Skull, they're relevant. God, the main, like, shitty friend, because there's basically Jennifer's girlfriend, mm-hmm. another girl who is just there to be like, Ah, yes, men are terrible. Jennifer, do not date anyone. Yes. And then the two guys, one of which is like and boring. A, a super yuppie bully. Yes. He's just like, oh, well, I see that you're too afraid to do something. Bacaw! <laughs> a chicken makes a no- the following noise. <laughs> I've learned about farms this year. A bacaw. Oh, I shall shame you with the crow of the cockerel. <laughs> god damn this kid <laughs> i mean if you wanted an up close view of p coming out of a kid he's your guy yep because that's one of the things that happens in this movie they zoom in on his pants and drippy yellow water comes out it's not even enough that they do the spreading bra- you know dark stain on the jeans you oh, gotta no. see the drips you gotta <laughs> So yeah, he's got a bully kid who's going to be a little mean to him, but ultimately gets shamed into peeing his pants. While our our hero isn't even around to see that and enjoy the fruits of of being uh, vindicated. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and at this point we start 
mixing in the terrorists. In the beginning, we think that Jim Varney is the leader. He's playing a guy named Lothar, um, and he is sort of, of the hill people. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of like a like a a, 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 a Doctor Claw kind of vibe. Honestly, I love Jim Varney as a bad guy. This is great. No, he's one of the better things in the film. Honestly, I think he is. I mean probably going to be my number one thing in this yeah varney is a bad guy works really well because that gravelly voice he normally has mm -hmm. is so good if he just turns it threatening rather than like a yuck yeah no, that's why Ernest, uh, i believe goes to jail is probably the best of the Ernest movies because that's the one where he gets shocked into evil Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> he gets turned into his two halves. Yeah, he gets turned into evil Ernest, and he immediately slicks his hair back and starts using that gravel to good use. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he plays a bad guy. Yeah, so it's great that he's here as a bad guy. Uh, he, But it turns out, even though he is planning this initial part of the heist, he is the second banana to a much larger villain, uh, Lonnie Anderson's Medusa. Yeah. Who is just <laughs> in charge because, like... We end up getting like, oh, she's got a huge rap sheet for, like, extortion and whatever. Yeah, she's done every human law crime or whatever. There's a point she's where... teamed up with McCavity. Yeah, there's a point where they make her out to be much worse than it seems like she actually is. Yeah. I mean, her, the funny thing is, it's Lonnie Anderson kind of late in her career, and they've got her in, like, a leather cat suit, and she's got big Dollywood hair. It kind of looks like if your one fun aunt decided to be Sandy from Greece for Halloween. Ah! Yes. <laughs> it is it is such a weird idea. Uh. Uh, but he she's not even here yet. This is all just Lothar planning the big heist where they're like, ah, okay, so this place closes it or we're gonna we're gonna take it over at noon today. That's cause that's the name of the movie, you see. And uh A team, you're gonna be responsible for securing the perimeter, and B team, you'll be responsible for the electricals, and C team, you're gonna help take over the master control program. It's weird to me though. Watching this, because there's like eight guys total, mm -hmm. and he's like, we're going to have an entire team watch these three exits, then a different team is going to watch these rides, and then another team is going to come with me, well, they replace, we're going like, to go to the central computer area, and I'm like, there's only eight dudes on this boat, who are you talking about? No, I feel like they're just talking to team leaders right now, is in like, alright everybody, after we have this meeting, I'm going to need you to go out to the individual rooms and delegate to the other 300 faceless mooks that are part of this gang. And again, when they go into the place, they have to like jet, jet ski. ski and then scuba under some stuff and come out like in a tunnel for yeah. this amusement park. And there are only eight dudes yeah, on jet skis. Ten jet skis. I'm guessing the rest of them just didn't go to the boat and just met them in the park. <laughs> like, oh, we just, paid admission. Uh, you know, we just walked in. You guys, didn't, you guys know you can do that, right? If you're not like being hunted right now by the police, you can just walk in. Uh, but they like they have enough guys to take over every aspect of the park. They have like 13 guys just in the master control room. They have they have replaced every employee throughout the park with a bad guy standing around in sunglasses, like. Even after they shut down the park so that no one can get in, they still had three guys go up and take over the rolls of ticket takers at the at the front gate. They're just standing there. I so mean, they have like 400 people. It's crazy. It's it's one of those things that I keep looking at going like, where are all of these guys coming from? I feel like they recruited half of them day of. They were just like walking around. Once they got in through the tunnel, they walked up. They're like, hey, you want to join an evil gang? You get a cool pair of silver wraparound sunglasses and... I'm going to give you $50, $50 right now. <laughs> oh, nice. Holy shit. Jim Varney? Hell yeah, I want to be in your gang. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ooh, can I can you pretend I'm Vern? No. That's not this. That's not I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh but yeah, it, it, I think my favorite part is when they do arrive via jet ski because there's 10 of them riding abreast on cool jet skis and then they make a big show of the jet skis diving into the water and then it cuts underwater and I was like, oh neat, they're going to have like convertible jet skis. No, they have them scuba pull things that were such a hot deal in the late 80s, early 90s. They are not jet skis. Presumably they just let the jet skis sink and picked <laughs> up nearby scuba equipment that was just also around. Yeah, they had jet skis that could not go underwater. They did though and they were like, oh, well... <laughs> The other Not thing, getting their deposit back on that one. The other thing is they they clearly recruited a lot of, you know, Medusa, Lonnie Anderson's character, w- couldn't be a chooser when it came to the ranks of her criminal element because she's got a lot of huge fat guys. I'm not going to there's more than three. There's a, there's the one who's like the ticket, the, the one who ends up taking over the security office is another big fat dude. He's the one that Dave Dragon beats up. Yeah. But it's like did that guy and that big dumb nephew fat guy, the one who's from Batman Returns. Did they arrive on jet skis? Because I didn't see them. I didn't see two huge fat guys on jet skis. I would have noticed. That would have been like that Guinness Book of World Records picture (laughs) of the two guys on the tiny bikes. Of the two guys on jet skis. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, uh, but anyway, yeah, their whole plan is to take over the entire park and then uh, ransom it essentially to the guy who owns it. And they're like, yeah, we're going to call up the guy who owns this park because he's super rich and we're going to ask for 10 million dollars or else we start like making the rides malfunction and killing people let's talk about that for a second because yeah there's a whole point point where uh, lonnie anderson calls this random dude who owns the amusement park who's in like three scenes in the movie and is like hey mister we took over your master control program uh we will we are gonna <laughs> why are you keep doing tron on this it's not I, the I, master control sorry program. it's called the master control room it was actually called master control on the map it actually said master control yes i'm saying program because tron's on the brain but yeah you're right it's a master control room and uh she calls him up and he's obviously he's a rich guy so he's getting a, a massage from a hot lady and 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 uh it's great because they walk up to him in a 1996 language. They're like, Mr. Smithers, there's a phone, there's a video phone call for you on the E device. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'll take it in my office where my big stupid CRT monitor is. And then, yeah, obviously they have a little video conversation where she's like, we're going to destroy your park and make, and you're going to end up in prison and lose millions. Cause we'll use all these things to do unsafe things to the people on the rides. And, and, uh, he's like, no you won't and then they demonstrate by having having it like one of the rides had their their speed accelerated here's what i wanted to stop and talk about why does he have a control room where he can turn all the rides to lethal speeds why would they build that i mean yes that is going to be a problem especially because it's not like oh i went into the program of this because we're in the main computer room and i was like ooh. I fucked with it, and now I've made it, like, overclock or whatever. No, there is a knob. There's just knobs, and you just have to keep the knobs at one rank, but if you turn them over another three Doritos, they they, they switch to instant murder everyone on the ride. And I'm like, do they think, I I guess this is because, you know, it's kid logic, but the kid logic here is that if you go to Disneyland and you're there on the wrong day, someone working in the master control suite can be like, ah, Splash Mountain goes at kill you speeds today. I'm going to make Splash Mountain go so fast it flies off the track. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh whoever was in charge of Disney in the in the early 90s was like uh like uh, I Iger, whatever his name was, I Eisner. Eisner. Eisner was like, "Yeah, I want to spend the extra 30 million on Splash Mountain to make it go at bullet speeds if I want it to." <laughs> also, it can go the other way, so I can turn all the rides into just the slowest pieces of shit. Yeah, I, that's 
I don't want them all to run like clockwork every day. I want a whole room full of technicians. I want someone to be able to <laughs> accidentally bump a knob and fuck my whole deal. Yeah, I've told the story before, but when I worked at SeaWorld, I was I was briefly a ride attendant on the log flume ride that they have there. It's like a raft ride. There was a button at one of the lifeguard towers you could press for a, a, uh, a waterfall. Yeah. The waterfall was supposed to go narrow and not get you all that wet right as you got up close to it, so it didn't drench you. There was a button at that lifeguard tower that disabled that functionality so you could hold it down, and then the water would just completely blast everyone who went underneath it. And, you know, as as lifeguards, we'd be like, oh, my, my teacher showed up at SeaWorld, and he's going through. I want you to hit boat 36. That kind of thing. We were assholes, right? Yeah. But even, at the, even as a kid, I was like, why the fuck is this here? Why would they give this? They knew that the only person standing at this lifeguard tower is a bored 16-year-old who was waiting out time until he can get high again. Why would you give him this power? And yet, now we're talking like, oh, yeah, you can move this thing to not just get you wet speeds, but murder you. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we get to the point where it's not like, yes, it instantly goes so fast that it, like, makes your neck snap. It's... Oh, it goes fast enough that the they have some engineer yeah. who's like, oh, if it keeps going at this speed, they'll get nauseous, and then they'll probably pass out, and then they might die. Well, yeah, G-forces will kill you. Yeah, you go above, like, 5 or 6G and, and sustain it, and it will kill you. And But it's funny to me that, that the, the engineer is only in a scene where, like, he's talking to cops, and they're like, are you the engineer? He's like, yes. What would happen if this kept going? And he points at a picture, and he's like, if that ride moved its twice its regular speed, why, it could kill people after a certain amount of time. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you a park engineer? Are you the engineer of this park? Why do you know the individual speeds of the rides at this park? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> he had the day off. They called him in. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, the three kids do their split up. Um, and Colt goes with, with a young Tum Tum to see the last stage show of Dave Dragon. Aww, last stage show of Dave Dragon where, I mean, it's just the world's shittiest stage show. Because we do see... Uh, that this place has one of those Old West stage shows mm -hmm. where people are doing the like, ah, we're going to shoot you and you fall off a building and do like a haystack sort of thing. Yep. And I'm like, man, that looks a million times better than the Dave Dragon one where it's just five people beating up the same four bad guys for an hour, presumably. Yeah, there's nothing else to it. There's no story to it or anything. There's just like the five mono-colored ninjas come out, and they're just like, yeah, hiya! And then four dudes in black come out, and then they just get thrown around by the ninjas, and then Dave Dragon arrives via zipline and also beats up the thugs a little, and then when it's over, he's just like, thank you, thank you, everybody. Uh, you've been a wonderful audience my career. Goodbye. Yeah, I love all of you. This is the end for me. Peace. Yeah, and then in a moment of Hulk Hogan hubris, he goes backstage and takes off his wig. Aww. <laughs> and then, uh, I guess, as they're all walking around the park, uh, Medusa tells Jim Varney's character Lothar, like, I don't know about this guy. He's just an actor, but he might be a serious threat to us. He because might cause he's... some sort of problem. <laughs> he might be a threat to us because he's got some muscles. He's, you know, Hulk Hogan. So he's... go take care of go that. Go take care of the Hulk Hogan that's in this park, please. And so Varney and some thugs show up. At the same time that Colton, Tum Tum, and Amanda is the next door neighbor, yes, uh, show up to be like, oh, we want an autograph, and so they see uh, Varney's guys Dark. tranquilized, yeah, uh, Dave Dragon, yeah. So Dave Dragon goes down tranquilized uh, in his ridiculous hero suit that he will wear all the way through this movie. Yes, indeed. Um, 
And unfortunately, because Tum Tum is the world's worst ninja, because, you know, he's seven and he's got no business being a ninja, and this is, frankly, grandparent cruelty to these children. Just irresponsible as hell. He just goes, hey, stop that, and then runs away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The thugs run after them, and of course, at some point, they have to reveal that, like, oh, you fucked up now, because let me take off my tourist disguise I'm wearing a full gi under it. Uh, and then they, they, all, they all go, oh, they're ninjas! And I'm like, again, I feel like you're you're conflating any martial artist with a ninja. And that's uh, maybe that's something that worked with kids at the time, but... Yeah, well, this is a point in cinema history where it's like, what is this? There's a dude wearing a gi. He is a ninja. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're basing it on what? The Ninja Turtle movies? You got you're like, uh, the three ninja- ninjas, yeah. you got Ninja Turtles, you've got... Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. I always appreciate it when the Ninja Turtles go lean hard on the ninja stuff. When you do the ones where it's like, you have to steal these bells. Yeah. And then like Raphael steals all the bells in the dark or whatever. But, you know, because the the, the Ninja Turtles kind of got kidified over the course of their thing, they turned into like, what's a ninja? It's a goofball who pushes a... a anyone with a ninja weapon anyone, that can kick. Yeah, anyone who can do kicks or push a uh, punchy thing and go, yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> If you like pizza enough, you're a ninja. <laughs> so they have a fight that goes on Forever. too long, which yeah. is... All the fights go on too long. The hallmark of this movie yeah. is, if you've got a fight, oh, it's going to overstay its welcome. Yeah, one of the... like I, I, I sent you a message about three quarters of the way into it, and I was like, I think the most surprising part about this movie to me, given the length and stupidness of all the fights in it, is that this movie does not have Robert Zadar. <laughs> I was like, this guy, he's got to show up at some point and be like, I'm a big ninja. Oh, no, you're punching me in the tummy. Oh, (laughs) my nuts. (laughs) But yeah, it's all just the kids run between their legs and kick them in the butts. You know, it's just that. So many nut shots. They fight for a while. They fight through. The cowboy fight. They go through the cowboy thing. They went through an entire, like, stand that's selling clothes. Mm -hmm. Just goes on forever. Eventually... Rocky manages, when he's going to go try and get Jennifer's purse back, because she lost it, he sees on a monitor, it like the Lost and Found booth, that his brothers are being chased by ninjas, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh shit, I gotta go help. Yeah, one of the other things about this movie that's fun is the incongruous number of cameras all over the place, so anyone can watch anything from anywhere. I mean... Given what I know about most amusement parks, yeah. No, I know there's a lot of them, but there's like one mounted five to seven feet above the top of the highest roller coaster looking at the top of the highest roller coaster in case someone has a climactic fight up there. Hell yeah. (laughs) There's more than one of them up there, so you can do scene transitions. You can do wipes. (laughs) Ah, That's right. We bought the high-end security system where we can star wipe. Yeah, every spot in the park's got six cameras covering, so you can do uh, transit. You, you can do uh, angle shooting. <laughs> uh, so at this point, the kids manage to, after they get chased by the ninjas and everything, they're like, "Oh shit! Okay, we kind of have figured out what's going on." Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a walkie-talkie uh, that one of the thugs left behind when they chased a- chased after them, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, Dave Dragon." Uh, terrorists have taken over the park, and he's like, great, you kids, you, you did your part, but now it's time for me, a real American hero, to go take care of this. You kids shouldn't be in trouble. I'm gonna go do my movie, you go do yours. And what I mean by a great American hero is I'm gonna go right up to the management office and complain. (laughs) 
Because he spends the whole movie being like, I'm not a hero, I'm just a retired actor. Until he gets, like, shamed enough by the audience. No! Fucking punches the no, guy. In I the know face. he punches that one guy, but his whole thing to the kids is just like, "Kids, it's safer if you stay here." And then he just goes right up to the office. He's like, "Hi, I'm looking for some help." And the guy comes out and he's like, "We're not going to help you. We're bad guys." And he's like, "Oh, okay, punch." And he just gets immediately captured and locked in. Like uh, he gets locked up in a, br- a bunch of places before he's like, "Fuck this! I'm going hero mode." <laughs> <laughs> the kids take the walkie-talkie and go up to the top of some tower and manage to. Remember the frequency that their dad tells them that he uses for emergencies? Yeah, this is also the scene where they hand out the weapons. Yeah, but they call out and they're like, hey, uh, anybody who's listening, the terrorists have taken over Mega Mountain, and that's how the police get involved, Mm -hmm. and their dad gets involved in everything. Yeah, the dad shows up with a walkie, uh, Lonnie Anderson gets him on it, and she's just like, hey, we told you no cops, now we're going to threaten some people. And then her voice just gets interrupted by the boys, and we're like, dad, uh, over. Hey, what's up? We're here. (laughs) Hey, good job, kids. And this is when when Medusa's like, all right, those three have bothered my my henchmen, and now they've radioed for help for the police. I have an idea. Get me my worst three henchmen, get, my idiot nephews. Go find my idiot nephews and tell them to go get these three. Yeah, and she's got these three bumbling dumbass nephews, all of whom have bad wigs on, and look ridiculous, and are just like, oh, hey, we're we're the worst. Oh yeah, well they're supposed to be dressed up to look as like tourists. Yeah, except. <laughs> they are mostly dressed up to look like they're extras on Hee Haw. Yes, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> they're dressed like they're preparing for the red neckening. <laughs> they have a wonderful time trying to get these three ninjas. Uh, you know, each one tries to go after one of the other ones. Yeah, they all get schooled in various stupid ways. Of course, it, the big one has to go after the little one. Yeah, so he can run right between his legs and nut shot him a few times. Yeah, kick him in the butt and be yeah. like, Whoa. The other two trick the two other random thugs onto a, onto a... Here's the thing. I gotta say, this is a weird thing. There's a certain point where after the police... When the police show up, the team B is sent out to be like, oh, go send the police a message. And so they go up and they just start fucking shooting at the police with machine guns. And there's machine gun fire ringing out through every entrance in the park. All the rides are still fully active. People still keep getting on all the rides. There's never a point in this movie where anyone thinks that the park is like uh, closed. No, they, they shut down the entrances and exits. A few people that are trying to leave, like someone with a fucking assault rifle is like, where do you think you're going? This does not start a panic. No, there's no panic. Everyone's just still getting on the rides. They're like, hey, what do you think you're doing? Why, I'll go complain to someone, mister, who has an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. This seems perfectly fine to me. Yeah, it's very important for Lonnie Anderson's plan to work. Uh, the rides have to be constantly staffed with with people so that she can threaten them. She'd be like, I'll turn yeah. these rides to murder mode. Because as st- soon as no one's on a ride, her collateral is mostly gone. Yeah. Even though she still has dudes with guns that can shoot people. Yes, but my whole thought was like, oh, I get it. She's going to force people onto the rides and then keep them on the rides all day as hostages. Nope, because there's a point where they trick the two bullies who were ch- or the two nephews who were chasing them onto one of the roller coasters and they're like, we're going to get in this seat and this attendant's going to force you to get into seats who are way behind us so you can't get at us. And it's like, wait. And then are- we jump out and lock you in there yeah. and then we find out that you don't need to be in the master control area in order to make the ride go faster because they just go into the control booth and crank it up yeah just to fuck with the thugs just as you know a comedy beat they're like we'll just make them go super fast and they're like wait we just had a scene where it was We've, established that that's murderous so we have are these kids killing people well even if they didn't crank it up to murder speed 
they're still like, why did you need to take over the what if you can just do this from anywhere? Yeah, then and you already took over shit? all the rides except this one. Apparently, there's a whole scene where they show them taking over like the Tilt a Whirl and the the Gravitron and all that. But well, yeah, I, because I guess this roller coaster, they just didn't bother. Well, because Amanda needs something to do, mm-hmm. she ends up going into a different computer place and is like, "Oh, I'll just hack my way into the system and lock them out of the controls of all of the rides mm-hmm. except for one of the roller coasters at the end." By the way, John, do you happen to remember when she does that and it has a cartoon hacker interface that she has on her computer screen? Yes. What the two passwords were? The, the the password that didn't work and then the password that did? Well, the password that did work is God. Yes. The hacker pas- hack the planet. Yeah, the password was just God. The password that didn't work was Mega Guest 1. <laughs> <laughs> but she's just like i'll hack the password i think it might be god oh it is <laughs> well i mean one that's great because that's the hackers thing yeah but also the she has a program and this is the thing where i was like oh that's good it's not going to be one of those hacker scenes where she just goes type 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 type. as long as i'm typing as fast as possible at random keys i'm hacking she actually has her computer set up a uh, run through every type of password you can figure out mm-hmm. and just, like, hard pass through. Yes. But then eventually, when that's through and she's in, then she does switch to just typing as fast as she can and hack, 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 hacking. One of the worst things is it's doing the whole, like, oh, I'm gonna, like, try and brute force my way in. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, all right, it's doing what it needs to. Type, 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 type. I'm like, what are you talking? Your script is running. <laughs> well, it turns into a whole, it's a standard movie hacker fight where she's sitting there being, and by the way, she is just pressing like G and H. She's just over and over, tap, 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 the team, two buttons next to each other, tap, 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 no other buttons, just these two, fast as I can. Uh, but there's the other hacker, the uh, the bad guy one, the Rasta hacker, is like, oh, someone's trying to hack the system. I will counter hack. And so it's just, you know, back and forth shots of the two of them smacking keyboards. And at one point, Medusa gets mad at how it isn't working and pushes him out of the way and just does the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. I love that she's <laughs> like, well, I brought this guy along because he's my tech guy and the dude that can hack. But as soon as he starts losing the hack battle, I'm going to be like, oh, let me take over. And I'm like, what are you going to do? I also think it's funny that her her big plan to get in was like, okay, I'll get in. And their plan was to cut the emergency brakes and make all these rides go too fast. I'll set all the rides to normal mode. And I was like, if you have overriding control, turn the rides off. Oh, no. Turn all the rides off. She's like, I'll just make it so they can't change anything with the rides. The yeah. rides are still going. They just can't affect them. And I'm like... Just turn it off. Just turn them off. Just turn everything off. That way they can't rehack it. They can't reroute it. They're just off. Everyone the realizes who's some at the shit's going on. Can't do it. Yeah. This is. What are you doing? What, in, again, I, and I can't reiterate enough that it's hilarious to me how the, all these movies are like. Well, whenever you build a Ferris wheel in an amusement park, you do include it capability in it capability to go at killing people speeds. You want that? I mean, it costs extra, but it's worth it in case you need to kill all your st- all the people who come to your park. Yeah, in case you want it to go so fast that it does that thing where it goes off of the hinges and rolls away. Yeah, uh, obviously, it need, I mean, it's uh, it's the LX package, I'm not going to lie. If you buy the basic model, it goes at, you know, fucking fer- Ferris wheel speeds like you would if you went to a fucking fair. But uh, this is a good park, so this is Mega Mountain, so we included the LX package where you can kill everybody in the park. Uh, but yes, she manages to lock all of the rides except for the last one, which they managed to lock her out of, and mm-hmm. they're like, all right. So all we've got right now is one roller coaster that we can control. So she's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to emergency break this thing when it's upside down in one of the loops. Yeah. And be like, all right, here's the deal. Unless I get my money, 
I will hit the button that undoes all of the, uh, like, lockdown straps for this and dump the entire uh, roller coaster's residence down. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, there's a button that you can press in a room really far away from the roller coaster that kills everybody. Yes. You don't even need to do it with speed. You could just murder everything. Honestly, well, I'm surprised. Well, it's just the, let the, uh, <laughs> the, like, closing hatch things open. I'm surprised there isn't a button you can press to just electrocute everybody in the ride. It just seems like that'd be more efficient. Just, oh, press this button, it'll cook them. I mean, the, there's a button that will open up the locks on things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. To be like, oh, uh, it's not opening when it, like, hit the part that's supposed to automatically do it. It would make Here's sense. Here's a button that opens it. It would make sense for that button to exist as a physical catch-release button that you have to go up to the thing to press. Yes. So that the only time you'd actually press it, if someone was hanging upside down, is if you are there with one of those firemen... Like, well, like no. ladder the reason buckets. you'd normally have it is the roller coaster pulls in at the like station and then it doesn't undo itself. And you're no. like, oh, hold on, let me, yeah. Even let me then, get you out. It should still be a physical release that's at the location. It shouldn't be controlled by an office building pretty far away. Yes. I'm just that saying that. True. That's what that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying at least that functionality is one that should exist. Yeah. As opposed to the we make you go at murder speeds. Yeah. Or we f- we we have a button in this office way over here where we can drop everyone to their doom if we want. Cuz you know, we would you'd think you'd want that to be a real button that's on the on the uh roller coaster so that firemen can press it when they're rescuing an individual person at a time into their bucket drop thing. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the the boys evade all the nephews, and now the nephews are in trouble with Lothar. And Lothar's like, fuck, I'll just do it myself. Uh, never send a boy to do a man's job. <laughs> and he manages to find out that uh, Rocky was with his girlfriend. He finds Jennifer, mm-hmm. and is like, great, I'm going to tie her to the roller coaster tracks where we stopped from the them. roller coaster. <laughs> But there's a scene where her and where Rocky rescues her and the two of them jump dramatically to safety. But they're like the start of their jump is like 10 feet from the roller coaster tracks. It's the best. It, it's as good well, yeah. as the scene where the, where Tum Tum is running between poles. No, it's it's like, yeah, there are the side ramps on a roller coaster mm-hmm. where someone could stand while a roller coaster goes past. These are maintenance areas. Yeah. But hey, we have to jump dramatically. And it, it's like, could you guys maybe just do a composite shot where you take one shot of the roller coaster, you fix the camera, you take one shot of the roller coaster going by, then you just take a second shot, which is the kids jumping off the tracks, and then you composite the two so the kids jump off from where the roller coaster hits them, and they're like, ah, no, it, it's expensive to be in this amusement park for. We're just going to have them jump it's from... It's expensive to make a movie. <laughs> we'll just have them jump from far away from the roller coaster and pretend it's scary. <laughs> the amazing thing with this is, like you say, Dave Dragon, while this is going on... He's been captured. He went to go stop them because he was like, oh, I figured out that they're in the central yeah. uh, processing unit. <laughs> and he's like, hey... Uh, Cut it out, you. You guys, I'm going to punch your bad guys. And they're like, we have guns. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, he he punches them. What, ha- what undoes him is... Lonnie Anderson has whip. a whip. <laughs> He's punching a bunch of guys, and she just trips him with a whip, and then she puts a foot in his chest and is like, "Maybe I'll keep you alive as my boy toy." <laughs> well, yes, because this is half a Hulk Hogan movie. Everyone has to be like, "Ooh, Hulk Hogan's so sexy. He's such a cool guy and powerful. 
and hot. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously, the other thing about all Hulk Hogan movies is he has to have a love interest who's like a, a bottle blonde woman that's like 10 years... <laughs> a, a, who You know, a bottle blonde woman who's like just a little too old for most people, but not old enough for Hulk Hogan. It's it's in a, it, this weird range. We've only seen like four Hulk Hogan movies, and that's always there. Oh, it's always there. And God, here they I... give him two, because there's a scene at the end where like, where where they uh, they tell him he's the hero who saved the day, and the random reporter who's talking to him is like, "By the way, I'm very attractive. I've to always you. been a fan. I want to fuck you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because we have half a Hulk Hogan movie, he has to go like be captured and then quip at the bad guys because they're not going to kill him. They're just going to tie him up and be like, "Ah, let this dude who just beat up a bunch of our guys." hang out here and watch what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, every time Medusa catches anybody, she's like, I'm going to make you my personal slave for 50 years. That seems to be her like regular go-to threat. Um, but anyway, yeah, she catches and ties up Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan makes fun of them as they fail to catch the three ninjas over and over again. Until finally she's like, I'm sick of him. Take him to the holding pen where we have a whole bunch of like people who, I guess, figured out that we're holding the park hostage. Yeah. Because there's still a bunch of people riding the rides and getting in line for cotton candy and shit. They had said at the very beginning, they're like, oh, and underneath this roller coaster is a place where we can hold people who are unruly. Yeah. It's a weird thing because you're like, okay, well, the people who are ruly are like, like, I guess I'll just treat it like a normal day at the park. I'll, I, I'm going to go buy one of those big inflatable swords for my kid who won't shut up about it. Uh, I, <laughs> from I, a dude who clearly has an assault rifle. Yeah, and so, and all these guys are fat guys in silver sunglasses. It seems like something weird is happening. There's a whole thing in this movie where they need to wear their silver sunglasses. They like keep getting yelled at about discipline. The, the three nephews are like, why aren't you wearing your sunglasses? We're here incognito. And then they put on their sunglasses, and you're like, yeah, they sure do look like a hee-haw cast wearing Matrix sunglasses. Now you go sure chase kids. <laughs> I said incognito. Now I'm going to pop this kid's balloon and steal that one's ice cream. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know we're villains. <laughs> uh, fucking giving Jim Varney a cane sword and a face scar is genius. Love it. <laughs> so Dave Dragon's big thing is when he gets put in there, some little kid has to be like, hey, are you a real hero? Are you going to do what needs to be done? Or are you a fake? Like my dad says. Yeah. And he's like, well, very sensibly, muscles aren't very good against guns. And the kid's like, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. What a bitch. <laughs> You're a disappointment. And now I'm going to go tell everyone else in here to stare at you grumpily the entire time you're down here until you finally go ah fuck it and start climbing. Well, I was a bunch of people. <laughs> I was canceled anyway. So he goes, climbs up the side of a roller coaster where there are like a half dozen people with guns stationed around watching the people down there mm -hmm. who I have to assume are just watching him climb up there amusedly yeah. going, huh, weird. Well, they start shooting and I was like, oh crap, they're going to shoot at him. He's just hanging by a rope above all those, those folks that, that were but below But they wait him. until he gets up there, knocks a guy out, and yeah. then they're like, Oh, I guess we should probably do something about this. I think this. they just, uh, I mean, honestly, he's lucky it's a kid's movie, because ultimately, the moment he climbs out there and starts punching them, you'd think any other one of them would be like, eh, get back down, or I'll shoot the crowd. I, I'm i like, when he tries to get down after he punches a few of them, he takes nunchucks and rides a cord down, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, they're shooting at him while he's riding down, and I just kept thinking, man, once he hits the crowd, 
that's going to get real sad because they're going to be shooting into the crowd. Yeah, but he never hits the crowd because let me describe one of my favorite moments in this movie. Uh, there are two guys with guns shooting at something, probably him. It's definitely in a scene transition where it's he's on the on the zip line with the chucks and they're shooting over and over and like, get him, they're shooting. And then as he reaches the end of the zip line, does he kick them? Yes, he does. But how does he kick them? Why, he comes through a wall behind them. What were they shooting at? He was behind them. No. When he comes through the wall, it's the gate to the uh, holding area. Mm -hmm. The people up above that were on, like, the catwalks are still there and still armed. Yeah, and still shooting. when he kicks open the door, everyone just leaves. Again. No one gets shot. When he kicks through that door, he knocks over two more of these black-clad silver sunglasses guys who are shooting their guns and not at him towards the center of something. They're just shooting, and he comes out and knocks them out, and I'm like, what else were they shooting at? We've been watching him fl- him run around, then cut to guys shooting at him. Him run around, cut to guys shooting at him. Then him bursting through a wall and kicking two shooting guys, and you're like, what were they shooting at? This whole time, we've been cutting to them shooting, and they weren't shooting at him? What happened? They were in the outside of the pen, and then they got kicked, and what was happening here? <laughs> Scene transitions. It's just because Hulk Hogan wanted to zipline through a wall. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, he's like, all right, everybody, come on out. You're like, wait, no, you didn't You didn't solve the problem. There's still like eight guys with guns up there. And they're, they're still able to shoot at them, but apparently they, they decide, eh, eh, nah. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this. Uh, I guess we ought to advance the plot. Uh, the the guy got got terrified by the whole threat. By the way, there was a quick joke when he's like, uh, he's like, I'm never going to give you the money. This is the park owner who's like being held ransom for $10 million. He's like, I'm never going to give you the money. Oh, God, what am I going to do? And then his masseuse goes, says like, hey, by the way, is this a good time for me to talk about how you said you would buy me that brand new Mercedes? And I was like, Jesus Christ, you need to cut like half that line, <laughs> more than half that line. This is, a, this is the shittiest line in the... But anyway, to get back to it, he's going to show up with a helicopter and throw the money into the fountain. Well, and- <laughs> I do love that they're like, ah, uh, we've we tried all the thing. We tried to send in SWAT, and they electrified the fence, so mm-hmm. now we can't get in there. Yeah. And you're going to have to pay the ransom. And he's like, great, I'll go to the bank. You know... The local bank that has $10 million cash for me? (laughs) Well, that's just a regular-ass movie thing. They've been making that mistake about banks for all of time. Like, the fuck that... When we had to watch that Fifty Shades fucking darker movie, there's a point where uh, Anastasia goes and collects $10 million from the bank, and you're like, banks usually have, like, maybe $300,000. Oh, yeah. I was like, (laughs) if you're a bank that's expecting a ridiculous traffic of people, maybe, maybe you hit five hundred k. Yeah. But every bank in a movie has all the mo- the money in the country in it. That's that's just regular. Yeah, at least when it's like the government and they show up and they're like, here's all our money. I'm like, great, you got it from some government place. Yeah. Fine. But when it's, I walk into a bank and leave that one bank with $10 million, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I think my favorite thing is that when he's flying over in the helicopter to throw the money out, he's like kissing the money. He's like, oh, my beautiful money. Oh, I don't want to give you away. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Alexander Hamilton, I'll miss you most of all. And I was like, wait, you got 10 million out and they gave you a bunch of ones and fives and tens? <laughs> yeah, I was also thinking the same thing where I'm like, wait a minute. Do they have 10 million because it was deposit day from the strip club? What the fuck? What's up? What's up with all the small change? 
How come this isn't just a huge pile of Benjamins? And again, also, they, they haven't factored in how much $10 million in cash is. Yes. Because it's two suitcases, and you're like, no. Well, it's three, because <laughs> the third one gets blown open. Oh, I thought it was the first one drops, and the second one gets blown up. And the first two came down okay? All right. Yeah. All right. The first one comes down. Uh, normally, they get it picked up. The second one lands in the fountain. And then the third one, Amanda sends her radio-controlled helicopter to explode the third bag. Into a big floating g- a cloud of CGI rotating dollars. Apparently, the blades on this remote control helicopter are made of magic. Yes, yeah. Also, apparently, she brought a radio-controlled helicopter with her to the park. A big one. Yeah. One that's like four feet long. Where was that? In her backpack. Unfolds- her backpack of many things. Yeah, she unfolds it from her backpack, and you're like, "That's that wasn't in there. That We you saw that thing earlier. You had a computer and a whole bunch of, like, movie devices and your remote control helicopter and- in here? <laughs> the giant controller for it? What, what the shit? Why didn't you leave that crap in the car? Well, because fuck you. <laughs> I'm a kid in this movie, and so... My thing is tech, and I will have all tech. Yeah, so this more or less foils Lonnie Anderson's big plan to get a bunch of money, and she gets mad, and she susses out that Amanda must have done this because she's kneeling and looking at a box. (laughs) Yeah, she's the one who's looking at a thing. So because she's Uh, the only one not running to get money, she's like, ah, that one, you did it. I mean, it's not a a radio control that she's holding. Let's face that very clearly. Oh, no, she's got a little computer. Yeah, because what she has looks like if you took a Happy Meal and cut it in half and then folded it along the hinge line, that's the size of this fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> so, but Lonnie Anderson's like, it's her, get her. I'm just going to, I guess, punish her for cutting. <laughs> that's, I guess, good to have a hostage. And I'm like, you probably should have thought of that beforehand. You are surrounded by hostages. The whole place you are in is hostages. That was the point of this. You don't need one now. Ugh. <laughs> So they go to leave, and we get our final long fight where Dave Dragon finally gets together with the ninjas again, and they're like, all right, I guess I can't talk you out of going after uh, the bad guys, can I? Well, I guess I'll come with you, and they chase them into the underground tunnel that they use to come in. Mm -hmm. And then they get in a fight with a bunch of... Yet more mooks out of nowhere. <laughs> Dave Dragon immediately taken out. He gets he gets knocked out immediately. And the boys Lonnie Anderson has taser fingers, yes. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the boys get in a fight with a bunch of thugs and they just yell <laughs> hi ya for about fifteen fucking minutes. Fifteen minutes about a, about an eighth of this movie is taken up by this one scene where it's just these boys yelling, Hiya, 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 hiya. Kick, and, kick, kick, hiya. And it goes on for so long. Until finally, Lonnie Anderson's like, ah, let's see how you do in the dark, because my guys have night vision goggles. They sort of do, because she's like, well, let's see how you guys do in the dark. And then she shoots out, like, the lights. And she's in a huge fucking underground warehouse, so I don't know how she has the vantage direction to all the lights. But she does. So she shoots the one big light that is all the lights, and then she's like, you idiots, use your night vision goggles. And where are the night vision goggles? They are on the ground at the feet of every thug. Not in their pockets, not in their packs, at their feet on the ground. I mean, some of them did have them on their heads, at least. I guess some of them were already wearing them. But the, the initial shot is to, to show you, oh, this is how night vision goggles are coming into play, is two of the thugs bending over to the ground and picking them up off the floor. Yeah. And these guys have been running around fighting ninjas for the past ten minutes. Yeah. Well, I, you know. <laughs> I guess they just stopped and put them down right before that happened. Well, yeah, they're like, oh, I can't fight someone ninja style while i got these clunky goggles on my head Mm -hmm. 
And this is one of those scenes where it's supposed to be in the dark and the boys are supposed to be losing. Uh, but then, of course, they learn they remember, they remember they, the training. They find each other in the dark. And even though they can't see anything and they're like groping around as if they are completely blind, they can see the picture inside of the watch that mm-hmm. Grandpa gave Tum Tum to be like, ah, yes, we are always together. Uh, I don't know why I can see this and nothing else, but anyway, let's all close our eyes and then have another five minutes of this fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my favorite thing about the darkness fight scene is that apparently they were allowed to shoot in this underground steam room warehouse or whatever this is, but not to turn off all the lights because the whole fight, there's like all these red warning safety lights blinking in and out behind them. And I'm like, just open your eyes, you dumb kids. There's lights in here. Well, there's bright red lights in here. Yes. I mean, they also didn't cut all of the lights because they're like we need enough lights to see these no kids. i know you can't just do it in the for real dark because it's a movie yes but the fact that they're like okay you just put it in dimness and then you go all right that counts as dark right everybody we're okay everyone's agreeing you don't go all right it's dark also there's flashing red lights everywhere that's how you know it's dark huh? <laughs> and then the kids just have a moment where they're like wait a minute we can fight the dark remember your ears remember your feet that can sense the vibrations of the catwalks we're on and then also, let's go into that worst kind of slow-mo, that one where you cut a lot of the frames between shots, and let's have a lot of that. Ugh. So, the Lonnie kind where Anderson... The sound's going to go... Lonnie Anderson has a bomb. She sets it and cuffs Amanda to a pipe and is like, all right, bye, I was going to keep you with me as, like, my own personal tech slave, but whatever, fuck it. Heads off, leaves with the two bags of money, and is headed back to the boat and we get the final bit where the three of them are like, Oh, I guess we'll try and save you as Rocky <laughs> just pulls on cuffs for like a good minute. He's pulling metal cuffs. He's just like, uh, why don't these come apart? Uh, yeah. whoa, don't you have a little uh. bladed yo-yo thing? Try that. <laughs> but, but yeah. And, uh, she's like, you'll have to defuse that bomb. My computer's in my backpack. You connect the parallel IO port. Just jam it into the circuit breaker on the, on the bomb. And the kids are like, okay, click, click. And I'm like, no, no, she's the tech nerd. No one knows what the fuck she's talking about. Right? But they do it. And they're like, oh, this uh, doesn't it work. doesn't work. Something is, oh, your battery is low. Yeah. You got to plug it into this. Ba- <laughs> That's right. Oh, they go well, to the, the, the plugs in there are all two plot, two prong yeah, plugs. Like, oh, well, we'll need to charge up the, the, la- the laptop. Plug it in over there. We need three prong, and this is two. And then he just reaches up and plucks the third, the the grounding plug off the off the three prong plug, and he's like, "There, that'll do it." And I'm then, like, "Those are attached, you know. You can't just pull them out, or they'd stay in the plug or the socket." Yeah. But the <laughs> thing is, if you did break it off and plug it in, it would work fine. Yes, it would. But instead, it's like, "Oh no, we plugged it in, and then sparks flew, and it's the wrong type of electricity." I guess it was just like a message to kids. It was like, "Kids, don't try to do this. You can't snap off the grounding plug." So the the main way that they're going to do this is to take the bomb, get three uh, scuba tanks, scuba tanks, tie it well, tape it with duct tape to the tanks, and then knock the ends off of them so that it turns into a torpedo. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that's working because they had to go in underwater to then come up into this like steam pipe area. Mm-hmm. They are just in the steam pipe area. In Apparent- a pipe that's at sea level. <laughs> Apparently this uh, bomb taped to scuba tanks will be able to get to the end of this tunnel, dive, Come back up and then go right at the boat. 
I'm still really curious as to why this amusement park has a seawater filtration system anyway. It's not like it has animal attractions or anything. Nope. It's <laughs> well, because, you know, the park that they are at, that it's... they are using for this, is not near water. <laughs> It's just like, what What are you doing? What, what is this part for? What do you need all this seawater filtration equipment for? This is a regular-ass amusement park. Nah. But anyway, yeah, it turns out none of the three kids are strong enough to knock the tops off these three uh, scuba tanks. But then arrives the biggest Hulkin bruiser in the Hulkin bruiser world, Hulk Hogan. And he hits it with a pipe and knocks all three off at the same time. Yep. And this blows up the boat and the bad guys wash ashore. And all the cops point their guns at them, and they're like, oh, phooey. Oh, you caught us. Oh, no. Oh, oh nerps. darn. Nerps alerps. And then it cuts to the, the, the four kids being, like, lauded by the press. These are the four kids who saved the day. And, of course, they see Hulk Hogan just sort of being sad in the distance. They're like, there's the true hero. He's the one that really saved this place. I'm like... You don't need to do that. Well, they, here's movie logic dictates they do because they see him. He doesn't look too sad. He's just like, good job, kids. You know, you are yeah, this. Good job. Good job. And they're hugging their grandparents and parents and so on. And good job, kids. And and then uh, they remember, oh, yeah, he had a bad day today. It was his last day of a show he loves. He's the real hero. And a reporter runs over to him. And they say, they told me you're the real hero. And I've already heard that the network wants to offer you an extended deal on your contract because of it. And I'm like. Wow, news travels really fucking fast. Yeah. Was the network head right there? Was Mr. Big from Wayne's World here? <laughs> I'll give it the standard rich and famous contract. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, because of your actions today, they're going to keep your show. And he's like, well, whatever I can do for my fans, because mm -hmm. that's all that matters. We have to do it for the kids, because I'm a hero. I'm not in it for the glory, although I will get it and you want to fuck me. I'm a real American. I'll fight for the rights of every man. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of it. The end of our movie is just, yeah, I guess Hulk Hogan gets everything he wanted and the three ninjas learn a valuable lesson about fighting in the dark. Well, but the denouement is that Rocky, who had been like, I'm going to grow up now, I'm leaving Neverland to become a boring adult, is instead like, Grandpa, I do want to go to ninja camp I next I do want to keep being a ninja. Yeah. Who knows when more terrorists will show up? Also, we want Amanda to be a ninja now, too. And he's like, oh, great, great, an extra ninja. Whatever, I don't I'm care. I'm going to be dead. What do I care? <laughs> I am, like, so close to being dead right now. I hope you guys enjoy training her. <laughs> Uh, and that is the movie. That is Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, which, yikes. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's just so many stupid things. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, if you're wondering what happened to old Lothar or Jim Varney, he gets in a fight at the top of the roller coaster with Colt and, no, Rocky, and Rocky uses the thing to trip him and knock him off, but he lands in a bunch of cardboard boxes. And he even says when he lands and cops are pointing guns at him, he goes, huh, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. He falls, you know, he falls off the top of a roller coaster out of the park, apparently. Yes, he falls out of the park and into the parking lot and onto a bunch of boxes. And he goes, hey, I'm alive. Oh, no, cops. Ah, crap. <laughs> well, you got me. Uh, so let's go into our bests and worsts for this movie. Jeff, what is the best thing in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega I mean, Mountain? we barely even talked about him or anything he did, but Jim Varney is definitely the best part of this movie. Oh, he's, he's great. he's a good actor, and he's having a lot of fun. He's, he's at the right level for this kind of B-movie crap. Yes. Where Hulk Hogan obviously is just making another Hulk Hogan movie, mm -hmm. and Lonnie Anderson feels like she showed up to set thinking this was a different movie. Yes. <laughs> 
Lonnie Anderson <laughs> is definitely like, oh, I think I'm filming something for real. No. You told me this was a grease pastiche. <laughs> yeah, we did, but that's because we want you we want you to wear that sandy outfit for some Can you sing You're the One That I Want for like a minute just for you know so we can see that? You know, for the guys. <laughs> for the for the guys. That's not me. That was Olivia Newton John. Yeah. yeah, we know. We, <laughs> she said no. Emphatically. Why do you think you're here? Do you know the number of people we had to go through to get to you? <laughs> But yeah, Jim Varney, and I'm sure you're just going to agree with me. I thought about saying something different, but there isn't anything else in this that's redeemable. No, I mean, none of the action scenes are good. And as I said before, the kids are terrible. All they go are... on too long. It focuses way too much on Tum Tum, who is very seven. Yeah, it, it just doesn't because every time they cut me, I don't want to do that because I'm a ninja. And the important thing about a ninja is staying true to your family. And I don't want Dave Dwagon to quit. And he's like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, I understand that you're like, oh, the only people that are still going to buy tickets for this are small kids. Yeah. Like, no 16-year-old is going to actually be like, ah, yes, three ninjas, high noon and Mega Mountain. I've been growing up with this franchise. It's a part of my life. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we have to focus on Tum Tum because he's the only like audience identify character I think we're going to have. Mm -hmm. But God, he's the worst. Even if he was a good actor, it would be really hard for a seven-year-old to carry a role like this. And he's not. So it's just... Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think he ever did anything again um, after when this. You look up the IMDb. He's one of the many people who doesn't have a picture. Yep. So, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, did you do anything after this? Good God, no. I was in three things. Yeah. The other two were one episode of a show. Yeah. Ugh. But yes, the, the best thing is, for sure, Jim Varney, the worst thing in this movie is Tum Tum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say the worst thing in the movie is Haya. The ADR in this is yeah. real bad. The, the ADR is revolting, all the jokes are bad, and like I said earlier, fully, no joke, one word out of every three in this movie is Haya. It's real bad. Yeah, so if you don't like hearing little kids shout Haya over and over again, it's you know you're not gonna like this and if even if you do you're still not gonna like this because it's not like it's a good movie maybe if you have a fetish for kids saying hi ya then please stop listening and never listen to our show go again. walk right into the ocean and don't stop oh <laughs> uh, yeah no it's terrible yeah it's uh, it's irredeemable uh but yeah there, uh, uh, the i uh, think i'm saying hi ya and you're saying i'm saying the the fight scenes because yeah. they go on so long yeah and they're not they never get interesting and they're so repetitive yeah there's never a point where i'm like oh they really choreographed a fight well and that's why this is going i'm like no it's just some fucking brown belt level karate yeah that's just like a some... kid goes hi -ya! I throw a kick. Hiya! I throw a punch. I'm like, this is so boring. And then you and cut we're to sitting a, here so long. You cut to a thug and someone hits him in the head with a foam bat that has a kid's pant leg and shoes taped to it. Oh, yeah. Whenever it's Tum Tum, he cannot actually do anything. Yeah. So it's always just, we have to cut and use a mannequin hand. Like, you keep expecting them to do something, like, you know, creative because you're like, oh, it's kid ninjas. So they're going to do a lot of, like, hitting people on the head with bottles or whatever just you know goofy goofy shit but instead it's mostly just solid karate fundamentals where you're just like horse stance uh, front kick okay yeah, yeah. right yeah well, awesome what fun there you go let's give the movie our ratings we are each going to rate it zero to five for a rating out of ten jeffrey i don't know one and a half of which all one and a half is jim varney mm. sure yeah what about you uh I'll give it a 
one and a half. That's probably what it deserves. Yeah, I would I would want to give it more, but I, I often will have a scale for rating a movie based on how often I have to pause and take a break. And this movie was like five times. Yeah, I took one. Yeah. I took a break. I was just like, no, I can't. I can't now. I, I'm going to come back I really, in a minute. I, I mean, the last fight scene in the fucking tunnels, I was constantly looking at my phone like, Jesus Christ, is this still going? Yeah. How long has this been? Yeah. Like when you check the start of the movie, you're like, ah, oh, 93 minutes. Okay. This will be in and out. No problem. I got you. I got you. Nope. They found no. a way. They found a way to make 93 minutes into 168 minutes. <laughs> Three out of 10. Fuck this movie. It's too long. Too bad. <laughs> Not even good for kids. There are good kid movies in the world. Yep, not this one. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want more, though, if you want to keep listening to us, you can go over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery and join us at the $5 level. Unlocks everything. We've got our upcoming TV mastery we're going to do. We are still looking at the absolute absurdity that is the flying nun at the moment. What fun. And... We've got our expounded universe content, our content for system mastery, our afterthought monthly show, special stuff for the discord, all kinds of nonsense gets unlocked. Patreon.com slash system mastery is where you'll help find us that. out. It'll be a big help to us. If you go and support us, keep, let's keep doing the show helps us make a living. Cause this is the only thing we do outside of the occasional book. Yep. That's Which, right. By the way, um, if you want to support us in another way, we do have a new book coming out in April that I could not be more excited about, the Dungeon Meister Cookbook. Uh, I just recently went and checked it. It's a, it's on Amazon now, and they have changed the, the cover. It's gorgeous. Earlier it was an art cover. Now it's a full-on photograph of a beautiful hamburger. One of my, my, my recipe, I, can't, I, I could not be more excited. Yep. So that uh, Dungeon Meister Cookbook, you can mm -hmm. find that Amazon, wherever fine books are sold. Barnes & Noble. Go pre-order it now. I want to see people pre-ordering it. I want to know it's going to do okay. Yep. Especially because, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, 75 recipes, full color photography, full color art spreads, $19. It's a great it's deal. A ridiculous deal. So get that, help us, or just tell a friend or give us a review. Anything helps. Or walk into the ocean. You know, if you have a fetish for kids saying hi -ah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. We will see you another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you have a good one.